0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: The following program was
0: produced by an independent community producer. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the ECAT staff or board of directors. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom It's time for an episode of Be Awesome Find positivity throughout your life and work Just like our mascot rooster, see the Jerk Hello and welcome back. Be awesome listeners followers viewers, fans uh it has been a while. I just looked it was march thirty first was our last podcast here at the ecat studios and Adam has been hounding me to get back in here and up until now for the last five years, I've recorded one episode at a time and um and just released them right away and and t- it's just been crazy. It's been a crazy six months and um, we're going to record a number of episodes and release them timely while I'm traveling and doing things. So um, I've, I've got a, this is kind of a big day. I didn't realize that until this morning. Uh, my guest today has been on the podcast, uh, his past guest, uh, Mr. Mark Resnick. I had him on uh, last year for his book, 10 Days with Dad. And this is kind of an interesting, this is one of the most amazing friendships, uh, bonds that I've that I've been able to have and and in my life since I can remember, um, I met Mark. We were both in a, a private group uh, hosted by Jesse Etzler called Build Your Life Resume. And it it was a, a virtual group, 1,200 uh, or so entrepreneurs, professionals, athletes, governors, you know, all sorts of people. And uh, Mark made a post about his book, 10 Days with Dad, which is a, a book around his story with regards to his father and his father having Alzheimer's and my father having dementia. I reached out to him. Um, and we kind of went back and forth. I congratulate him on the book. I bought a copy of it. He does merchandise. Said we should connect. That was in I don't know April or May of 2022, and then in July, I'm listening to my friend David Cook's podcast. Um, who was also he's been a friend for five years, and he says I'd like to welcome Mark Resnick on the podcast. And I said, Hey, man, call him afterwards. Hey, Cooks how do you know Mark Resnick? And he says, how do you know him? I said, I don't, I just want to, I've, I've, we've had emails, we've gone back and forth. And, um, but I think there's a lot we could do together. I think he's a good guy. I don't, and I don't even know him. He says, well, yeah, he's my brother-in-law. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This guy in Milwaukee, his brother-in-law is a guy in Walpole, um, that they've been, they've known each other for 20 plus years. I'm like, you gotta make sure that we connect. And Mark may or may not know this, but I reached out to him and we sat down at Panera Bread a year ago today, it was September 8th, 2022. We sat down for three hours, at Panera Bread, talked about life, talked about writing a book, talked about what we were going to do. And the last 365 days have been probably some of the wildest. Like we could write a book about the 365 Mm -hmm. days. Uh, And I don't even want, we won't even talk about Comic-Con 2022 because that's, (laughs) that's a book all in itself. But this is our one year friendversary, I think is what they call it on social media. So, uh, welcome back, my friend. And what a wonderful year and an honor it's been uh, for the last 365 days.
1: Yeah, no, Josh, the honor is all mine. It, it, crazy that it was a year ago. I mm-hmm. mean, what, the year flew by.
0: I woke up this morning and I was like, um, I was like, when, when the heck was it that we met in Panera Bread? And I looked went into my phone, thank God for iPhone looked at the history of the picture of you and me taking a picture together. I made the LinkedIn post and it said yeah. September 8th. And I'm like, that's today. And that's... like, we, we made this plan. We were originally supposed to do this podcast a month ago, um, but I finally got COVID. And uh, that gave me the, that gave me the red light when I got to hide out for five days. And um, it was like a mini vacation. I just, uh, Amy and I were talking about last night. I'm like, got three squares a day. You brought me coffee. I stayed in my grandmother's apartment. She's she's been passed for a year. She passed away almost a year ago. She still got cable and I don't. So I watched Maury Povich and Jerry Springer and got caught up on work and <laughs> couldn't do these podcasts. So, I mean, it's like timing of everything, right? So, uh, what are the chances?
1: Yeah. This is such a Josh moment in the sense that everything about you is, there's a story or a connection or, or a timing. Yeah. A date. There's a date connection always. Yeah. A year ago, this, or three years ago, this, or do you know, yeah. you know, it's crazy. The separation.
0: Yeah. But it, 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 and, some of it comes like really easy. Like some of it you just like, bang, you remember it's just memorable times. And then others, it's just like, like the, like this morning, it just hit my brain. I'm like, how long was it that we were at Panera Bread and like just kind of broke bread for the first time, uh, pun intended. And, and I was like, wow, it was a year ago. And if we had the podcast and I didn't get sick and all that stuff happened, just would have been another day. Right. Right. And now right. it will go down in history recorded on this podcast. We've known each other Formally in person for a year. Yep. So crazy. Um. And what a year it's been. And
1: uh... <laughs> yeah, for both of us, it's been. I, I think since that year, we've been nonstop. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you're always nonstop, but I mean, literally, it's been nonstop for the two of us for the yeah. past year.
0: Your family's like, what are you doing with this guy? He's nuts! Like, just randomly pulling in your driveway, getting a box of
1: something, and leaving. <laughs> Colleen, Colleen has sees you on the ring doorbell. But there's a guy with a beard yeah. at the door. Yeah. Oh, that's Josh. Yeah. Oh, that's Josh.
0: He's fishing through all the packages on the steps, trying to see if any of them are his. <laughs> yeah. No, my kids
1: don't know who you are, but they know Josh. They know the name Josh. Everyone yeah. does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, we'll get into the book, but you you have been. Um, you have been a blessing, which is part of the title of your book, which is, um, you know, last October. So for the last five years, for the first, five, for the first, uh, four years, um, I didn't want to be in the merchandise business. I did not want to be in merchandise sales, but people love the shirts. They love the, the swag. They love the, the different, they love the logo, right? And it's great. And that's, I mean, I pinch myself. I always say that it was always funny. The first time I saw someone that I didn't know wearing one of my shirts it was in O'Hare airport and I'm walking by and I'm like. Guys wearing one of my shirts, and like I didn't know who he was, and I was like, "Does that really happen?" And, um, you know, last October, you you just you took that over for me, and it's been a blessing for me because you're like you're not good at this. Like I offer, like like I want (laughs) to come. I don't think I said that. Yeah, no, you did, you did, (laughs) you did. I don't know those exact words, but I took it as that, and I'm okay with it. It would be I'd call Mark and be like, "Can I come over and fold the shirts? Can I come over and bag the shirts?" Because you know there's a pride to that too, right? And I love I like handwriting the cards. I mean, a lot of times people like the shirts. Like the cards that I would send more than the shirts, but I still, you know, I still, still try to send cards whenever I can, but uh, you've taken over that, that responsibility and, and that ownership of that along with your day job, along with writing this book, which is what we're going to get into, which is amazing. Uh, second book. Mm-hmm. So you got 10 days with dad. It's been out for a year and a half. Um, that's your personal story. You took it a whole nother, a whole nother step further by casting a wider net with more people with the greatest burden, the greatest blessing. So where did it come from? What's it about? And uh, and, we, and we're going to have to give my mom a shameless plug at some point in the book. Uh, we're going to have to talk about
1: her a little bit too. So Yeah, we, we can give Anna the shameless plug right away uh, <laughs> because she's awesome. Um, yeah, I had never intended to write a second book so quickly, honestly. I, I wanted to promote 10 Days with Dad for like two years. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. And then I met you. And it's like, I want to write a book. So I was like, all right, Josh is on the calendar to write a book. And then these two guys, six months in, after 10 Days with Dad, two of my friends or one friend or one stranger had this idea about sharing their caregiving stories. And they asked me to consult. I was just a consultant, just yeah. helping them out. And after two meetings, they were like, we need you to be part of this project. Yeah. So that that's how it came about. These two gentlemen, my co-authors, Alan Rubel and Michael Tenalia, they had the idea mm-hmm. about sharing caregiving stories from all the different perspectives not just cancer they both had caregivers mm-hmm. caregivers for people with cancer and um yeah it was it was a blessing for them to you know be able to invite me into the project and, and honestly it was it was amazing it was it wasn't planned at all yeah and then it just became it became my life i felt a little bit bad for my first child 10 days with dad because that got a little bit of uh on the back put on the back end but Honestly, it's just a natural continuation. Taking my caregiving experience, and then this book is forty-five different caregivers who share their stories, including Anna. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's just incredible. They're so powerful from from cancer, Alzheimer's, Lou Gehrig's disease. We have brain aneurysms, spinal cord injuries. Yeah, I mean, we, we cover fifteen different topics: mental health and PTSD. So um, it's it's great. It's been awesome. Really happy. Yeah, you know, you you the the book.
0: It, the book can be read by anyone in the world because everyone in the world will either be a caregiver or receive service from a caregiver. Right. It's just, yeah. it's just those two, there's just those two things really. I mean, other than people that are going to pass away, you know, really unexpectedly for most people that are going to live, you know, a life that, that they're going to encounter some experience and it could be experiences that, that, that young the young parents with their kids, right? They're going to have to take care of their, their kids might have some, some, some difficulties and challenges that, that require their parents to be there for them for their entire life. And in watching that with my mother, um, Mm -hmm. taking care of my grandmother for the better part of my grandmother's last 20 years. I mean, my my grandmother was, she was driving. um, She was driving legally, I think until she was like 85 or 87. and, (sighs) and, And then I, I let her drive, once or twice to Dunkin' Donuts, uh, unapproved. <laughs> now that she's gone, I she, no one's going to come after her for it. But I, you know, she—that's one of those great things that you don't realize when you lose it. You know, when you lose that freedom. Oh, absolutely! It doesn't matter how old you are. And she was really upset, and and so I I call her and say, "Hey, want to go get coffee?" And I put her in the driver's seat, and she'd say, "Why? You know, why is the yellow line moving?" And I'm like, "It's not. You are." So I would like, "Pull over. I'll take. I'll take it. Oh, from here. I'll take gosh. it from here, lady." But uh, yeah, you know, but my mother. I mean, if I was 80, if she was 87, my, my grandmother made it to just five days shy of a hundred and a half, 13 years my mother gave of her life, um, to have a day job, to have family and everything else, but also, you know, take care of, take care of Lola for, for that length yeah. of time. And I watched it and I was, I was, I admired it greatly. I was just like, I, I don't know that I could do it. You know, it's, it's, a, it takes a lot.
1: Yeah. I think that's the whole point of the book is, is that you're, you're kind of called to serve one way or another by choice yeah. or, or by circumstance mm-hmm. and, and. Nobody wants to take that burden on. Right. And sometimes you just don't have a choice. Yeah. Or your default, you're, you're an only child, right? Yeah. Um, kind of. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, but yeah, with, with my story, it was it's relatable in the sense that 10 days with dad because it's, you know, people can relate to the nostalgia of growing up yeah. in, in the suburbs or, or anywhere really. With the, the freedoms were so different back then. Yeah. Nothing was scheduled or controlled like it is today, and then you know my dad's story alzheimer's is, is not it's not like cancer where you know everyone somebody who has Alzheimer's, but it's becoming that way right and then the last part of the book is is obviously it's motivational, and just like don't wait for a tragedy to strike to change your life, but with the greatest burden, it's like everyone can relate to it right like you like you're you are you were you were a caregiver for Lola yeah you weren't the direct right frontline caregiver I was the entertainment. But you were hundred percent a caregiver, and I think that's that's also part of the point is that no matter how big your role is or small, yeah. you're still a caregiver, and your right. what you do matters every single day, and it still impacts both you and the recipient. Yeah, and you know I don't know, and I haven't read your book yet. I
0: just got my copy. I, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I, <laughs> I've, I've saw a couple of uh, excerpts, and I got my uh, I see my uh, I see my good friend Aaron Ralston put a put a plug on the back yep. for it. So uh, yeah, I'm so happy. You to get ever, some, yeah. You get some you get some good folks that are that are behind it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to reading it. You know, one of the things that's interesting um that you say that you say that I think we're we're learning more about is uh um that we're not in this like when you you, you kinda of gave me some some plug on that about, you know, that I was not a direct caregiver but part of caregiver you know, that sense of community with caregiving. You know, the people look out and as, when you said that about me, I'm like, man, there were so many people that were there for my grandmother, uh, when she needed it. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that was, that was huge. I mean, my mother was primary and she sacrificed a lot and, um, but there were a lot of people that were in, in that camp that, that helped her out. I'm sure there's some people in here that didn't have, that didn't have a camp that were yeah. sole caregivers that are, you know, uh, just doing it all. And, yeah. That's a that's huge because we're only here once that I know of. Like from what I understand, I haven't talked. Nobody that's died has come back and been like, "Hey, there's something else for you here after this." It's exciting. Like what we know is what we have, which is here, right? The here and now, and for you to be willing to just step up and sacrifice everything for someone else, it's that's massive, right? That's that's huge.
1: Yeah, and this this really um, complements a lot of what your mission is about in the Be Awesome program um, because. You don't know the backstory of every person you encounter. Yeah. In the airport, coffee line, at work. Like, you don't know what kind of stuff they're dealing with, right? Right. So, if they're having a bad day, maybe they're taking care of their Lola. Right. And they've been grinding for 13 years doing stuff you never would have imagined that you had to do to take care of somebody. Yeah. And you just don't know that. So they're having a bad day and you're like, what's up with, what's up with Josh? He's, he's cranky today. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because he hasn't slept in three weeks right. or, or, or three years, you know, Yeah. because he's caregiver for somebody. So um, that, and also I would say, um, the thing about the book that we want to highlight is that what about the caregiver? Yeah. You know, wh- like who's caring for the caregiver. Right. Because most of the time they're doing way too much by themselves. They're not asking for help enough. Yeah, and they're suffering mentally and physically and emotionally. So we're we're trying to aim the spotlight on the caregiver so people understand what they're going through. Yeah, on a daily basis. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting um, that you say that. And
0: and one of the other uh, one of the other chapters in the book is Marissa Boyd, who was a, a past guest, mm-hmm. and um, and she's always amazed me. At the selflessness and 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 I don't know if it's in the book. I'm, I'm guessing it is, but you know, um, her her daughter was was diagnosed with a SMA, spinal muscular atrophy, which which I, I don't know the percentage, but it's an it's it's an Small. extremely high percentage of kids that get it. It's something that kids get and they don't they don't make it to two. They oh, they don't they right. don't live the past survival two. rate. Right, is, right. the yeah, survival yeah. rate is 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 very low, and Natalia has she's beat all odds and she's done amazing and <clears throat> I had uh, Marissa on the podcast originally I think it was 2019 and I think Natalia was two or three um, and the, she had just gotten that they just came out with the world's most expensive medication for, for SMA oh, wow. and yeah and she was a candidate for it and there was a whole bunch of, of things that, that that were focused like that should have like just didn't Marissa didn't just focus on Natalia. Her focus was on all with SMA. Like she raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars over the first couple of years yeah. in fundraisers, not for her family, which the financial burden had to have been enormous, but for the for the whole good, greater good of hopefully finding a cure or, or a resolve for, for kids to be able to live long lives uh, with the disease. And and I was I, I, as you were saying that, I'm just what that's that's amazing like that that in, that you're doing that because there is a lot of that back end acknowledgement that people might not see and is like wow she her her family really stepped up and did a lot not just for herself but for others. We've got a, a family in town. <clears throat> I think one of the family members has cystic fibrosis. And the family has a yard sale every year for raising money for cystic fibrosis awareness. And people are like, oh, that's great, oh, that's great, but I never hear people talk about the, the, like that family directly. They talk about the person that has the disease. They talk about right. the way that's raised, but not the yeah. And that's kind of neat that you're that you're doing that and you're putting that spotlight because I think it's important. It is. Yeah. It's uh, something that's that's um, that's needed. So, um, so you guys wrote the book. You put it together. You you you've, you've launched. We were we were going to have this on the launch date. So you're a month you're a month
1: in. Yep. And
0: uh, our book sales?
1: Uh, book sales are great. We actually—I um, don't think I'm a genius here—but on my first book, I, I created this concept of, of book sponsors. Right? I just, there's a lot. It, there's a lot of cost that goes into writing a book. Huge. Yeah. You know, the editing alone and the formatting, and it's just—it's thousands of dollars to write a book, and, and most people don't sell more than a couple hundred books to friends and family. So, right. I came up with the idea of having book sponsors and just uh, helping me cover some of those costs. Yeah. Upfront costs and to also help promote the book yeah so we we had an incredible amount of sponsors yeah for the uh the greatest burden book and that led to i don't know seven or eight hundred pre-sales mm-hmm. so sales were off the chart before we even started yeah and now that we're on you know it's fully on amazon on our website it's, it's going very very well but i think also launching in august was a little tricky too we expect to you know ramp up Holidays. This, this isn't like a one-month book launch right. anymore. You know, when you launch a book, it's like it's like a year, or two years of just promoting it constantly. Everything right. you do. So um, summer's over. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of slumberness that goes into like you know people getting yeah. their emails and checking Facebook as regularly. So yeah, we expect a really busy fall with sales. Yeah, weather's going to get cold. People going to want to build fires and yeah.
0: read by the fire. And this, right. is, this is a good a good read. And the holidays are coming. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that your book sponsors, which another small world, David Howe, J Dorenzo, I think, is one of the book sponsors of yeah, Ten you know Days Jay? of Dead. Uh, 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 David Howe I know, that. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I saw that and I was like, Oh, there's any other Eastern guys, all these lines, you know, lines of separation right. and all that stuff. So yeah. Um but uh yeah that, that that's you know, as you're as you're talking and you're talking about, you know, the the most people only sell a couple hundred books. I'll never forget sitting down with you in the first like two minutes. You're like, why do you want to write a book, right? Remember that? You're like, I do. you're like, absolutely. <laughs> it was like barely know you. This is the weirdest like introduction, like oddest like connection of the the stars and the moon and the planets. And I'm sitting here with you nervous because you know you're an accomplished author. You've got all this stuff going on, and and I want to I want to pick mm. your brain. And that, now, mind you, be awesome was started to write a book, and uh, the the renditions of how the book is going to be written and what it's going to be written about and how we're going to do it, it's been changed about a hundred times, and there's been very little pen to paper. But mm. I sat down with you, and 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 I didn't have a single answer of anything. But you're like, why do you want to write a book? And I just looked at you, and I was like, I just want to give people something more after I'm done with my talks cuz I go around and I do these keynotes and it's like it's an hour, 90 minutes and then people are like, "Oh, you know, I want to I want to learn more, I want to know more, I want other examples or I want other stories or I want other stuff." And I want to give them something. He's like, and you just looked at me like, "Good." Cuz if you said you want to make money, I was going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that broke the ice. Yeah. And it and it it it, it dialed in that we were on the same page. You know, and then I started going into Mrs. Singleton stories and all these yeah. other things, right? And, um, and that was just really cool because it was—you don't do this for the money. Like a lot of people no. write books for the money. Like you wrote Ten Days with Dad. Most of the time, when people write books, they, um, you know, from a speaker standpoint, if I write a book, you know, my my value that I can charge people if I want goes up exponentially. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a book, and I can say I'm a bestseller book because I can, yeah bestseller of Amazon for 43 seconds. doesn't matter, There's 43 seconds. Right. It was just that. Um, and there's lots of people that do that. And I think that being on the same page about that, and I thought that was just so amazing because I'm sitting here saying, there's probably a lot of people that write books about, you know, dealing with disease and things with their parents and family and friends that say, I, I want to make money off of this, right? Yeah. And uh, you just, you wrote, you write your books and you're part of these things just so that people have something to learn from. Um, and going back to ten days with Dad, uh, I just spoke to an audience of um, probably 1,200 people in Florida last month, and I talked about Alzheimer's and I and dementia, and I said, yeah. "Look, anybody that's dealing with a family member that's got Alzheimer's or dementia, I'm sorry because you didn't understand or learn about it until it was too late." Yeah, that's right? the truth. Yeah, you didn't. You don't learn about that disease. You no one no one's like cancer. We all know about, right? Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. We all know about cancer. We all know about all, a lot of these, I don't want to say common diseases, but a lot of these talked about diseases, what happens, diagnosis, um, predictability of your of, of survival survival and everything else. Nobody sits down and talks to someone and says, okay, there's a high likelihood that someday someone that you love and chances are, this happens to older people. Um, Someday you're gonna wake up to a family member that you know, love, care, respect, and think the world of. And they're gonna look back at you and not know your name.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and sadly enough, it's not just old people. Uh, one of my very good friends is five years older than me, and he's got early onset dementia. And he's fine, he's driving, mm-hmm. but the path has been you know, yeah. kind of cleared for him. And it's that's scary. Yeah. You know, it's just you don't expect that in in the 50s or 60s. But, yeah, it's dementia and Alzheimer's. I think that that's just obviously going to explode. It's yeah. just now I know so many people who yeah. have been afflicted by it. And it's it's crazy. I think it's
0: once you, once you put, like, that's something that people tell me, you know, Paul uh, Anastasia who's on my other podcast, mm-hmm. he was saying yesterday, it's like, you know, you put stuff out there. You put so much stuff out there that all of a sudden – Things you start seeing more. It's kind of like when you want to buy a car, right? This yeah. is that, this is that, yeah. You're like, hey, I'm going to buy a car, right? I never, I never thought about, um, I never, about, I never thought about owning a, a Ram pickup truck, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been at Ford since 1986. And, uh, and, uh, my friends down at Bourne's, um, I called them. I said, my truck needed, my F 150 needed work. And I said, hey, can you got any Ford F 150s? He says, oh, yeah, come down and take this for a test drive. And all there was was this Ram 1500. I said, I'm not buying this Ram 1500 and I get it. I never even noticed them on the road. Right. Yeah. And as I'm driving to the dealership, all I see is Ram 1500 on the road. Isn't it? It works like that. Like it totally works. It just, it just, it just happens. And so, um, I think you writing that book and us meeting one another, me going, me having the the difficulties and challenges that I have. Um, and my grandmother had also, I mean, she had dementia. Um, and, and, um, and my grandfather had dementia. So I learned about it i learned about it somewhat in my 20s i learned a lot about it in my late 30s and 40s um and now i don't want to know anything about it now yeah. it's like you you don't like if you if you go your life and not know anything about it you don't have to you don't go through that and yeah um and it's hard and dementia's hard because dementia they they kind of know stuff like i remember my grandfather um i drove him we're going off to the top of the book i hope you don't mind but no I, not at all is, um I remember my grandfather worked at at Brockton tool, which is this, we were talking about we're in the shovel town buildings in in Easton we're talking about the the shovels. Well, the Morse automobile was also built in Easton, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. There's only two left. There's one right down here at the uh, historical society at the train station. My grandfather worked at this old brick building, which is actually where the Morse vehicle was originally built. Mm -hmm. It was turned into a company called Brockton tool where they made shoe molds. And, um, my grandfather didn't know anything, didn't know anybody's name, didn't know anything. I'd break him out of his his um, nursing home every once in a while take him for a drive. And we're driving by one day and he goes, I work there. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't know my name. You don't know where we are. Yeah. You know, you're, you're all this stuff. And all of a sudden you just, we randomly drive by something. You go, I work here. You had this this one second. Yeah. Before.
1: It's still in the vault. Yeah. Right. It's just not, uh, they're not producing new memories for sure. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just don't know if they're going to remember the combination that day. Yeah. It's not that day. It's that second. Right. Right. It's just right. the, the it's memory ed- comes in literally in three seconds. Yeah. And then it's back to nothingness. Yeah. 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 It's a sad disease. It is. Yeah. It is. What, um,
0: what are, what are two or three back to the book? Um, what were two, did, did you have like, you had to have had a couple of moments working with the different stories and the different people that you were like, wow. Like, did you have, like, a? I mean, you must have had a hundred wow moments, but what, what, were, what were, like, a, one or two, like, just kind of, like, take your breath away, or I couldn't believe this, or what resilience, like, what were, what were a couple of, I, like I said, I, I, yeah. I have to say there's, like, this hundreds, but was there, was there one that just, like, stuck out, because, um, I mean, you've got,
1: um, you have Muhammad Ali's. Yeah, Rashida Ali, Muhammad's yeah. daughter, Rashida, is, is one of the, um. Uh, folks who wrote the forward to the book and yep. she, she was awesome. Um, there's 45 stories and a, a bunch of people had stories who who want, they wanted to share their story, but they, they they're not writers. Right. So I ended up writing with them, yeah. uh, probably 15 stories. That was tough. Yeah, It was tough. First of all, just listening to their story and not getting emotional and then trying to write it in their language, in their words, it was really hard. It was a very <laughs> different book uh, yeah. writing than 10 days with that. There's one story though. Uh, almost all the authors had some sort of a silver lining or a blessing yeah. or blessings that mm-hmm. came out of their caregiving journey. But there's one one woman, I didn't have to write her story, but um, she did not have a good relationship with her mother. Mm-hmm. Never. Just from from very unhealthy, not yeah. a lot of love shared between them her, her entire life. Yeah. And then her mom got Parkinson's disease. And she still... I we, we talked about answering the call to serve either by choice or by circumstance. And, yeah. and and she chose to to care for her mom, even though her mom... It was just a very cold right. relationship. It really screwed up her life in a lot of ways. And yet she still, to the very end, took care of her. And there's one part in the book where she's writing about, you know, with Parkinson's, you kind of lose control of your, yeah. your bodily you know, function. So she couldn't really speak that well and she couldn't eat that well. And she goes... Um mo juice, mo juice. And, and and the woman's like, the caregiver's like, what? She's like, Mo juice. Uh Mo juice, she said, mo Jew, not mo juice, yeah. moju. Yeah. And she and she thought for the first time and like literally forever, her mom was saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. And the woman goes, Did you just say I love you? And she goes, No, no. She goes, No, 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 no. Mo juice. <laughs> Like more juice. Yeah, she was, yeah, yeah. And it just crushed her. She was yeah. like, "Oh my God, I'm finally gonna get the recognition and the love that I thought I was gonna get from my mom," and all she wanted was more. Just right to the very end, yeah. There was no, there was no love or connection, and yet she still took care of her mom. Yeah, that to me is that blew me away. Yeah, that's the only story in the book that didn't really have much silver lining. But to me, it's it's still, she's still you they're still our parents love you know you don't, you're not gonna have a perfect relationship with your mom yeah but the fact that she took care of her to the very end was just touching
0: yeah, yeah. well
1: yeah there's that's, a lot of them though i mean
0: that's look, that, that's a, that's a tough one because i i mean i've got family that uh given you know given the circumstances and the and the
1: volatility I, and the I separation can, i know exactly whatever. what you're talking about yeah
0: I, if if i i don't know that i would do that and and i and i don't know if that that makes me a bad person or not like i am saying this openly but like you know i've got I, I don't know that especially like that that would that would that would crush me i was like kind of yeah. like i i look at um you know i just i, I yeah that's you amazing would. you would I, I know you would i'm not I, I, know I, would. I know i i i, I I probably, would. would I I, I guess I'm hopeful that I'm not, I I don't know that I want to be put in that position because it's like, like, wow, like this person has hated me or treated me with hatred that's supposed to love me. Yeah. And now they need me. Yeah. And I'm not going to get like, and it's not about getting something right. It's not about like, I always tell people when, when you do something to expect something, then you failed because you're not going to get it. Like none of us are thanked enough. Right? None of us are recognized enough. None of us are acknowledged enough. None of us are told they're loved enough. It it just doesn't happen. I don't do it enough. Right. I know I don't do it enough. I, I know that there's there's you know, I'm very lucky. I've got, you know, I've got my family that's close, that lives close to me and everything else. Yeah. And you take that for granted. Yeah. Um I know that I don't say all the right things all the time. I know I don't do all the right things all the time, but I, I would hope that um you know, given the opportunity, we're going to do a podcast, another episode, you're going back to back, and you're going to keep me in line with, you know, procedure I just had done. Um, That, that you know, got me to thinking that, you know, wow, uh, you know, I'm counting on people, and I need to tell them I love them. And I did. And that was because I thought, it, you know, it wasn't just yeah. because I thought I wasn't gonna wake up from anesthesia, it was because it was a realization of like, wow, I probably don't say this enough. Yeah. But, but being put in that situation, you know, of someone like that, that's, that's pretty powerful that, that especially when you say, I I would, for me, if it was me and flip side, I would have just said, she just told me she loved me and just leave it at that. And then got more juice. I (laughs) I wouldn't say you told me you love me because then it's like, it's out there, you know, but she probably shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just, well, you get so excited. You get so like my, my, my father that's got dementia, you know, he's, he's my stepfather. He's been, he's been part of my life since I was, I guess, seven or eight. And, um, you know, he's only told me he's loved me twice. That's it. Yeah. Only told me he's loved me twice. And, um, and I've learned that, that, that I tell my kids, I love them probably more, more than they want to hear it. And and whether they say it back or not, I I try to tell them, you know, every day I dropped my, my 16 year old off this morning before this. And I'm like, I love you, buddy. I'm proud of you. And, um, because I don't know the day that I might not remember no, his name, you know? It's not, it's, you, yeah, it,
1: it matters. It yeah. really does. You, you look at um, people who had that childhood who didn't have, like, well, well not to be selfish, but with my, with my parents, it yeah. wasn't that kind of relationship. Yeah. Where it wasn't a lovey-dovey, they loved me. I knew they, I know they loved me. Yeah. But they were just so, you know, my dad was so busy trying to raise three boys by himself that he just, he was exhausted all the time and just, just wasn't his way, but. I think the thing with caregiving is, you know, I guess the natural second edition or the the follow up, the greatest burden, this greatest blessing was that for me personally, like I think some people who, who go through the caregiving journey, they say, I'm going to change my life. This is like crazy. I can't mm-hmm. believe I didn't really know my father until I got sick. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my ways. Yep. And they do that for three months, six months, and then they kind of fade back to their, well, the way they were. Yeah. Or this is someone like me who says, screw it. I, I'm, I changed – I mean, I literally changed my life. Mm-hmm. I'm a different person pre-diagnosis and post. Yeah. You know, whether it's the meditation, whether it's the coaching, whether it's just the way – it's my outlook, my priorities in life, my yeah. health, my focus on my sleeping, et cetera. Um, I wasn't I, – it was a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, just, it was a life changer. Yeah. So I think that's the thing with caregiving, right? It, it can change your life in yeah. ways – That you never expected. Yeah. Whether it's as simple as I need to say I love you more to the people in my life because I do and I want them to hear it. Yeah. Because life is so short. Right. It's so freaking short.
0: Well, that's right. And I tell people, and and I'm a work in progress. I'm not. I'm I'm way not even close to down the road that you are in in realization and understanding and you know almost dying and all these things that I've had. I, I still I still trail off and go back to old ways of thinking I'm going to live forever. I, I, I'll get there tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. And but one of the things that I did do, um, with, with realization with my grandmother and my, my father's dementia and, and some other losses was like realizing that when they're gone, the, the library's closed, whether they're still here, but mentally they're gone. The library's closed. And yeah. so I've been buying story worth, um, subscriptions and, uh, they're, I think it's
1: $140. And what it is. is uh, again, that, stop. The, like, we need to get them on this. This, yeah. this has got to be a sponsorship pro- opportunity oh. here. Storyworth, yeah. uh, I'm talking to you <laughs> right now. Josh Peach is awesome. Yeah. He, he talks about you all the time, yeah. unprompted. Yeah. No. That,
0: right. Well, it is like it, it,
1: it's, it's 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 an incredible. It's product. a
0: genius idea. But yeah. I'll tell you what's happened because I told you about them. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah. And and you knew about them, but I I told you about what I did. Um, the year of COVID, uh, twenty twenty, the Christmas of COVID, twenty twenty one. I hadn't seen my mother and grandma live next door to me and I spent zero time. I hadn't been in their house for over a year. I hadn't been in their house since, um, it was Christmas of 2020. I'm sorry. I hadn't been in their house since Christmas of, tw- of 2019. Which is basically. wild. Right. Living yeah. next door. But so concerned that at that time, we, everybody was dying, right? Everybody's going to die. Yeah. yeah COVID, you were dying. And so we, we literally hibernated for a better part of a year and was trying to think of what we could do to do something good and everything else. And, um, and my dad was, 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 has been and he's he's still, um, in a, in a facility, Mm -hmm. but he was put in a facility in March of 2020. And, um, and, and it was, it was really hard for me because there was so much that I wanted to ask him that I never did that I, Mm -hmm. that I always thought I'd have till tomorrow. So, um, so I bought my mother a story worth subscription, which what it is, is you pay a fee and they send a question every week and they send you the question ahead of time to you to to, to, to me yeah for approval like is this and is this something you'd like an answer to Mm -hmm. so like um one of them was uh what was your first job now i knew my mother's first job uh was at a supermarket in 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 brockton in 1973 or 74 i didn't know a lot of detail about it i'm like "Ah, go ahead go you know write it write it up and i did it for the first couple weeks i'm like you know what Let them ask the questions, because they'll probably ask questions that I wouldn't wouldn't ask. Like, I should be asking the questions that I I want. It's one year, 52 weeks, and they're responsible for writing the answer. And then StoryWorth makes a hardcover book, and you can actually buy copies of it. And about six months later, I bought one for Bob Bogardus, who was the guy... Like, without me selling a cell phone to Bob Bogardus, Mm
1: -hmm. when I
0: was 22 years old in Norwood, I would have never had the career path that I've been fortunate to have. He's just an amazing human. He's always been there for me throughout all this craziness in my life. So I bought him a subscription and I paid the first year. And at the end of the year, the book's supposed to get published. Well, my mother is closing in on year three. No, She keeps renewing the book because the book can be up to 300 pages. And she's paying <laughs> herself. And Bob has renewed every year and he's on year two and a half. Because they want to they want to give want more the whole of whole story. their story. They want to have the whole story. And I was just blown away like the first time that they renewed I'm like, oh, maybe they weren't because I'm not looking so you assume you, they weren't done. You can also see yeah. if they've responded, you can see, but I don't I, what I want to do is I want to open the book up as if it's yeah. the first time I see it. yeah, like reading everybody's weekly stuff. like that's the one thing I'll tell storyworth. They shouldn't do is give the provider or the recipient of the book. The weekly updates. Yeah, I, I have the the ability now. I I have a folder and I just keep them all there because if the book ever gets published, because they right. keep renewing it, yeah, I at least have it. But I don't look at it because I want to open that book and I want to go. Oh my yeah. god, this is amazing! But they're paying their own way to continue the story. Like, how cool was that? That's right? Very cool. And when it's done, it's going to be all the three hundred pages, and yeah. it's going to be stuff that I didn't know, and it's going to be stuff that can go on for further generations. Yeah. It's like. I tell people, and I don't know the answer to this. This is my question that I pose to people. Who's your grandmother's grandmother's grandmother? What's their name and who are they? No idea. should know that. I right? have
1: no idea. probably should know that. You should yeah.
0: probably know some generational background yeah. going back. But we don't know that stuff. we right. got a bunch of black and white pictures. And, oh, that's your Tia. That's your uncle. That's your this. That's your up, up, up. And it's like, I don't know them. And we don't have a story about them. And these, yeah. this story worth gives something that can be... Given through generations for people to keep and to have. That's great, um, and that's why you know I gave my mother. Um, she retired from school, when I was able to speak at her school. And I had our friend Chris Mills at yeah. Shoveltown Town Flag. You you were there. Was oh, you yeah, were there. Yeah, that's right. There so I forget how many times and places you've been, but so I had that flag made that was a half American flag and half Madeiran flag. Yeah, and I did that and and told my mother this is for you. And on the bottom of it, it's the the, the day that our family migrated here, yeah. that, that we became Americans, right? Yeah. And that gave future generations opportunity. I told my mother, this is something that has to be left to the next generation and for the next generation in a conversation piece. And I want to put notes in the back. Nice. And names and things so that people can, that wood's over 150 years right. old as it is, our, our generation should that's should last cool. yeah. for, for yeah. that time. Yeah. So um, we got off track again, yeah. no, which is fine. But the way to we go. Admit, off track. But, But telling people's telling stories and having them somewhere and what you're providing is is powerful, right? And if you have one person that opens up about living with a family member with Alzheimer's or dementia, or you have one person that reads the book as a caregiver and says, "Wow, yeah, what we are doing is really cool," and wow, we are, you know, we're we're putting in we're putting the spotlight more than we know. Um, or where the we the, the, then we see probably um, yeah you don't you get, see it yeah you don't see it um, all the time. that's just really cool yeah so um, proud of you for all this stuff thanks brother. And, it's, you, it's... and and you hung out with me and you t- you put up with my my brain <laughs> which is a very interesting place uh, on a daily basis I feel like we talk almost every
1: day we, we do uh, so yeah in the past year I've I've published two books. Yeah, I I spent a month in Europe which we can talk about another time. Yeah. Uh pretty much by myself, which was crazy. Um yeah, I have ADHD. Yeah. and You have ADHD, but I feel like uh over the years my I'm like I I we've talked about this. Yeah. Like I figured out how to control it and yeah. it's not really it, it's just it's a good thing and it's not really holding me back. But I, there's a lot of people in my life yeah. who have ADHD that I have to sort of like, I'm not, I'm not saying I have to control you, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, you have you to do. stare at the conversation. Yeah. One of my co-authors has ADHD, clearly. And I'm like, yeah. I'm always having to stare him on the right conversation yeah. as well. So it's it's just,
0: oh, yeah. you know what?
1: And I say this in my, because you, you said, I'm not trying to make money off these books, and I'm not. At, at some point in my life, I would love to flip the script mm-hmm. and become a full-time writer yeah. and, and a part-time salesman. Yeah. Because I just enjoy it so much. Yeah. If I could find a way to make money off of writing full time, I would do it because yeah. that's where my passion really lies. Um. So where, where I was going? I, I forget where I. ADHD. I lost my thought. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> shiny um, objects. Yeah, shiny <laughs> objects. But but what I was trying to say, what I think I was going to say was like, it's it's just not too late. Yeah. It's not too late to flip the script. Yeah. And like we we feel like, and I know you do you feel like you're beholden to the person you were as a little boy yeah. or a teenager or a young adult like, that's such crap yeah like you can change your story at any time you know what I mean you know, and yeah. I, this is what I tell people in my talks about the book is we're not obligated to be that person we were as an 8 year old right or as an 18 or 80, you know 48 year old like you don't have to be that guy yeah you, you just don't you don't have to be the Josh that people want you to be you have yeah. to be the Josh that you want to be right well, I think that's, yeah, that's right. And I think that it's um, being the
0: Josh um, that you want to be today. And like what you said about being beholden to who you were. And, it's, yeah. and, and you should be proud of that, whatever that is, right? As long as there's a better outcome yeah. today than there was yesterday. And it's kind of like you've, you've sat in my a couple of my keynotes where my first slide is like, hey, I'm, I'm a really smart guy. I got, I got a lot of education. I successfully completed high school in just five years. <laughs> and and I, I buried that. Right. I buried that. I graduated high school in the 90s and I wouldn't admit that to anybody. And, and, you know, I have I've got I've got a I've got an actual college uh, alumni chair. Yeah. From a college I never went to with my name on it.
1: Right. And it's and the date that that the date date of commencement is TBD to be determined. Right. (laughs) I bet you that that bothered you, though, that it took you five years for a long time to graduate
0: yeah it took me it took me no i mean like you
1: know like you probably you know in your earlier life or years you were probably like i'm a moron like i'm just i'm just i mean it was probably a a negative i got a 660 on
0: my sat like they give you 500 points i have no (laughs) no idea where they found (laughs) the other 160 like i think i i think i took the test blindfolded like and it's not that i'm it's not that i'm i just i just i didn't grab i didn't grasp and I had fun, and I had fun in school. I had some challenges, like anybody. No, else. you had ADHD, um, and I and did. I, and I honestly, did. Yeah, I'm think, sure I did. I think if you had known
1: but, about it back then, and, and had yeah. it, like somebody kind of staring the shit. there was no such thing back. Then. There was no such thing. Yeah. And so, and, and, and that's another thing. These neuro, neurodiverse things—they're real. Yeah. ADHD is a real thing. It's not the kid who's just acting up because he's a clown. Right. There are some of those too. But yeah. You didn't have that help though. You yeah. had nobody's... Looking out for your ADHD, it, it, it's a game changer <laughs> when you do. So don't. Yeah. I mean, again, but, I, I know you don't beat yourself up over it, but the, no, I did. I did. For you a did, long time. but oh you don't yeah. anymore. No, I, I woke up. I woke up
0: one day. I probably it was uh, another keynote speaker, Sam Glenn.
1: Um, he's out
0: of, it's uh, in the Midwest. I think he's in Indiana. The guy's fascinating. Um, he actually paints unbelievable paintings. I've got one of his paintings in my office. Um, he he painted an eagle. He, he the first time I saw him speak, he he painted this eagle and said, sort of like an eagle, don't walk like a duck. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but he talks about how he he said to this audience, I sat in this keynote randomly, uh, in Oklahoma City, uh, I think it was 2016 and um i wasn't even supposed to be there and i was sitting in the audience i just walked by and i sat in the audience and he just opens up with i successfully completed college in just five years and i'm like well i can one-up that i took me five years to graduate high school so forget it and i never made it through community college and i thought about it i'm like why why can't i talk about what i did or what i went through or all that stuff yeah like he can i was like there's nothing there's nothing to stop me and there's and and it, it, what it is you're afraid of being judged which goes right yeah. back to be who you want to be don't be who others want you to be it's like Deion Sanders I don't know if you saw his 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 recent video where he's like no I don't care what you guys say about me I've already done what I want to do and I am who I am and I like who I am and yeah. there's nothing you can say um, to make me think otherwise and I look at you know even to me today I'll occasionally look at stuff and be like oh, these people are getting hated on by everybody how do they do and it's like they remove the noise yeah and they're okay in their own skin and they're comfortable with who they are. And that's pretty cool, because there's Very so cool. few people that are. Yeah. Um, and I think all your all the people in your book, I'd say that they're pretty comfortable in their skin. Uh, not to go back to it, but you know, as I'm yeah. thinking through my brain, I'm sitting here going, I bet all those people don't care what anybody have to say because they're doing the right thing for the right reason because they know what's right, even the woman that had the mother that uh, didn't say I love you. She's still yeah. she she's comfortable. I bet it hurt because I'm still wrapping my head around that uh, and trying to think about if it was me yeah. and all that. And I'm sitting here going, I bet that woman still is comfortable with who she is and she's who she wants to be, which is someone who's compassionate, caring, and
1: doesn't care. Well, I I think she's still very much banged up from her oh yeah uh, her past yeah um, emotionally. But yeah, no, she is comfortable. There's, there's another woman. Who had I had to write the story for her um, through the mom's lens? She had uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. She was like, I don't know. She was very young. Two yep. kids. They're you know little kids. Yeah. And at the end of her ordeal, you know, she says to her mom, I um, because because th- she was a pastor, and, and yep. I don't think it's because she was a pastor that she's going to say what I'm going to say, but she had she she admitted I had so many blessings because of this disease yeah it's awful it's it's, yeah. it's crazy awful but like i met so many people people cared for me i was able to continue my work she was i wouldn't trade a thing yeah and i was like wait what? like if you could go back and erase your disease she's like i would not change yeah. anything that happened because of what i got out of it yeah. that blew me away too yeah i was just like i mean if my if i could do anything to erase my dad's alzheimer's i would do it yeah. Anything except illegal and moral, but I can't. So, so for her to say, have the grace and, yeah. like, and, and just to be like, it's it happened. It's awful, but um, my life was enriched because of it. Yeah. It's just extraordinary.
0: Well, I mean, your brother-in-law, yeah. one of my greatest inspirations, to oh, David yeah. Cooks. I mean, yeah. let's 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 I step mean, on, that's... let's step on that one for a second. I mean, yeah. So David. Um, when I met him through LinkedIn, he was a basketball coach,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he was he was promoting on LinkedIn through one of my mutual con- connections, his book that he was releasing, From Paralysis to Purpose. Yeah. And being a basketball coach, mindset, stupidity, I'm like, huh, oh, I wonder what, wonder what this basketball coach, right? Yeah. Able-bodied, basketball playing, right. like basketball so coach, went through either. to have this title, of this book, I'll buy it. I buy the book, put it in my bag. Randomly, I'm reading it on the ferry ride out to Nantucket, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy became paralyzed at 14. He was an avid basketball player, loved basketball, did everything for basketball, and went to lay in his bed and and ended up having, uh, becoming paralyzed. for for, Spinal aneurysm. Spinal aneurysm and and being paralyzed for the rest of his life. Yeah. Before ADA compliance, he was required in schools and all this stuff was going on. He
1: went to college without ramps and all that other crap. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. And so I get to meet him, and I get to to spend time with him. And and here I am on a Friday afternoon on a boat going out to Nantucket, and I send him a message. I'm like, hey, I see you live in Wisconsin. Um, I'm going to be in Madison on Sunday night. Do you want to do a podcast with me? And He's in Milwaukee. I'm yeah. in Madison. It's an hour and a half drive. Oh, torrential yeah. downpour rain. Yeah. And he shows up, takes, takes his wheelchair out of his car, comes into Starbucks, does a podcast, gets his wheelchair, goes back to his car, gets and the process of doing all of that is tough yeah like, like there's nothing he doesn't have nothing's easy every day no nope. right it really isn't i i mean i had the i had the honor to be able to pick him up uh he was on the vineyard and i was yeah. able to and he was going to take a bus i mean he doesn't ask anybody for anything right and i said you're not taking a bus i'm gonna come down i'm gonna pick you up i'm gonna drive you to to Boston. And that's a funny story all in itself. I know. I th- oh, I'm offended you th- didn't call me. I thought. I, mean, I didn't even know he was in Massachusetts until th- th- you told me. I thought I forgot one of the parts to his wheelchair. Because his wheelchair oh. takes, <laughs> takes apart like seven pieces. Yeah, you pieces. told me about that. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm driving for three hours and I'm nervous because I'm like, do I say something? Do you have the seat? Where is the seat? What if we don't have the seat? Oh, my God. I can't believe this. Like, And meanwhile, he's got it the whole time. Um, but when I talk to him, he's always just grateful. He's always appreciative. He's always like everything's a blessing and it's like he he's he's that same like these
1: people like yeah. you put in these
0: situations they have that mindset and you're just going huh
1: it's hard to relate to sometimes right Yeah it's you, every- you and I are like complaining about yeah. you know you know a credit card debt or something and he <laughs> you know he's you know wailing around and it's, yeah. it's just such a different world but Yeah but to his credit you just you just Perspective. You either give up or you you carry on Yeah Yeah. and and he carried. I mean, he had to at an early age. But yeah, he'll he'll be in the. I think his mom is still alive. I I have to do her for the next book. I have to interview her. Yeah, because what, what? So what, you're already doing. Like? You're already still, you're already working on a version two. Well, Josh's book. Yeah, be awesome is next. Yeah, I've already promised you that. You're yeah. up next. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a volume two. I think um, there's a lot. I like got a lot of ideas. I'm thinking uh, the CEO caregiver. Yeah. You know, just interviewing CEOs who've had to sort of balance their crazy schedule with caregiving. Maybe a celebrity version. Yeah. There's, there's definitely going to be a volume two,
0: if not man, more. Man, it's crazy. Uh, I was just talking to someone that was telling me about a CEO that's a caregiver on the way in here. Really? But for its kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and it's so, it's, it's, um, and, and it's And it's not that it's... In a lot of cases, it's not harder because many of them have the resources financially to do things that that others might not be able to do. But there's the pressure of being a a CEO for a company that has employees. That you are actually the caregiver for all of them to ensure that the paychecks clear every two weeks. And then you've got that personal side of, you know,
1: everything else. Um, Well, I think people look at CEOs and go, oh, my God, you make a ton of money. Yeah. They're really hard jobs. Oh, there're yeah. very few fluffy ceo positions yeah. you know what i mean so they they're just grinding all the time and i'm i'm not saying I, you know anything judging or anything but no but to compo- to add to that yeah taking care of your company yeah your employees taking care of your own family and then yeah. having that extra burden it doesn't matter if you have the money and resources to outsource yeah. your caregiving you can't outsource emotional right. burdens right you just can't right that's you know? that's uh
0: uh, that'll be cool. Let's. We're yeah. gonna get to me first. That's. Uh, that's. That's next. Okay. Um, which, yeah. Which, you're is, you're which, on deck. Yeah. Which. Which. That story. Three hundred and sixty-five days ago. I don't. And I don't know that we talked about this ever on the. On. Well, we didn't have the podcast afterwards. So we left uh, that meeting, yep. and you said we're gonna write every night. And I started writing. I probably wrote some pretty decent run-on sentences for you. I said you're gonna but, write every day. I'm gonna write every day. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Yeah. Not yeah me. I'm gonna write you're... every day. You, you need a block off. Time, Twenty minutes. Write. Write every day. And uh, write stories, think about things, and just put it together. Just put a bunch of words together, and then I'll we'll help you. I'll help you kind of thread it all together. And we did that for like a month, and it was really a good exercise. But I know I'm not. I'm not a writer. I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm a speaker, and um, and it's different. And and um, and you have an art. You have like a. You have a. You have a real talent. You have a passion for it, and I don't. And uh, so we got around New Year's of last year, and I'm like, hey, why don't you just co-author this thing with me? And you you take the Brain and put the words, and we'll, yeah. we'll figure this thing out. And so that's where the delay has been because we talked about I wanted to launch this, the release the book on uh, my, my yes, May 13th anniversary. Yeah, May 13th. May 13th, which May 13th is also your birthday. No, on March no, 13th, March 13th, oh, yeah. March 13th yeah. was the day I almost died. I'm sorry, yes. Yes. March 13th was your, is your birthday, and the day again, that connection. Yeah, uh, March 13th was the day that, yeah. um, I almost died, and that you, uh, that's your birthday, and then there was a tie. I can't remember what it was, but March thirteenth, two thousand seventeen, there was a tie between that day, your birthday, and my death day.
1: I don't remember what it is. Yeah, there is a tie, and there, you have a bunch of May thirteenth ties. Yeah, everything's a tie with yeah. you, which is I love it. I think it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's back on the your your book is is back. I wouldn't say it's back on the writing table just yet. No, we get some stuff. But to do. we have a lot of prep to do. Yeah, and anticipation of that. Yeah. So let's let's talk about. um Let's
0: talk about a couple things. one, um how do people get the book
1: mm-hmm. so um uh, uh, this is a self-published book yeah and and i I'll, I'll just give props to anybody to to Amazon because they do make it very easy to self- publish mm-hmm. um It's challenging to get published through a publisher right It's challenging to find a literary agent. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be great if I could just call up an agent and say, "Hey, I need you to represent me, and need you to get me a publishing deal." Right? It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I think people think self-publishing like it's like, "Oh my God!" Like you just Xerox printer. Yeah. The Amazon self-publishing process is is truly extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And none of these books are are pre-printed. They're on demand. Wow. So if you you order you go to Amazon. Yep. You you put in "greatest burden, greatest blessing," or the greatest blessing, or just put "Mark Resnick, "Mark J. Resnick book. Yeah. Into Amazon. My two books will come up. Uh, you'll order it; and they'll print it like the next night, and you'll have it within two or three days. Fresh press. It's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and so which is cool, but self publishing. If I like, yeah. we're right now we're finding all the mistakes yeah. in the book. Yeah, there's a couple typos, and so we're gonna upload a new file, and then in a couple weeks, it'll be a brand new book. Yeah. I mean, the same book, but you know, yeah. the mistakes won't be there. So, anyways, long story short, go to Amazon. Yeah, uh, or you can go to uh, caregivingguys.com. Caregiving Caregivingguys.com. All right. We'll put that in the show notes. You can buy the book there and you can buy my other book there. And you can also just kind of learn about yeah. some of the authors. There's, we have author bios of everyone who wrote in the book if they submitted yeah. one. Yeah, I don't know if your mom has a. I think your mom has a bio. I'm not sure. You'll yeah. I'll have to check that out. Have to check it out.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a picture of my grandmother in one of the promotions. Yes. Yeah. There's a yes. picture of my grandmother, which is a great honorarium yep. for her. And uh, she was alive when she my grandma was still alive when my mother started or completed the story. Yeah. Um, yes, she was, which was, which was, which was pretty good. Um, cause it gives my mother something really to remember, you know, when that, that tail end of stuff. So I, I'm grateful for that unintentional, yeah. um, situation. I'm going to plug your business, your day job so that you can hopefully get some business from that oh, too. Thank you. Even though you don't, you're not asking for no, it, I'm but, not. but <clears throat> I'm going to, because <laughs> that's what I, that's, I, I do things like that. Um, And you're going to correct any of the stuff that I'm wrong about, but I'm going to be, if I'm close, don't, don't, don't call me a liar. Let's hear it. But you've got, you're almost, if not your whole career, your whole career in the merchandising and promotion business. So to say that you are an expert in industry is an understatement. Uh, From personal experience, Mark has managed all of my Be Awesome. Anything that's been purchased, that's got the Be Awesome logo on it, has been made, manufactured, produced, or purchased buy Mark. He's got access to millions of products. Um, we did a really cool, uh, bourbon glass mm. that had, I just wanted to have the be awesome logo on the outside of it. And he called me and he said, this is why I love Mark for his, for his, for not just his, it's easy for someone to call for you to call someone and say, Hey, I want 150 shirts. It's hard to find someone that says you call and say, I want 150 shirts. And they say, awesome. Why don't we think about this, 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 or this, or this is something that's really cool. He did something amazing. He had an engraving of Tika, the essential elements to kicking ass, in the bottom of the glass. I never saw anything like it before. But Mark is a merchandising and merchandise and promotions expert. Uh, unbelievable turnaround time, uh, expertise, quality product. Uh, nobody better in the business. And I've been I've I've worked with a number, and and there's some good ones that I've worked with, uh, but Mark is the most awesome one. So if you have any needs. Um, for an event, for ongoing, um, you just did a, you just did a big, uh, a big order of, uh, pint glasses, mm-hmm. customized pint glasses, yep. but personalized stuff, anything, um, that you, you just, you just knock it out of the park. Um, and I thank you for doing that for me. And, and furthermore, um, what, what, uh, how do they reach you for that?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, because there's lots of ways to do that. I would say the best way to do that would be email. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, what's, what's, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, uh, but it's M. Resnick. yep yeah. at AmericanBus. dot American yeah. B U S. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, there's there's just there's too many others. Yep. Yeah ways to go about. It. Yeah, M That's Resnick
0: it. at americanbus.com. Yeah, you I, won't you will not regret it. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. You, you are you do uh, some awesome stuff and uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to the next 365 well, days. I, I, don't,
1: I don't want to tease it, but there's there's some changes coming to the Be Awesome website. I've been talking to my digital uh, oh, digital marketing team. You've been on me for this. It's and, got like being, being doing that too. Yeah, we we've, we've <laughs> got some um, we've got some improvements. Yeah, I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but uh, check back soon the Be Awesome website will be phenomenal. We um, have some updates.
0: Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you for being here. You're gonna be on the next episode with me that, uh, that'll that air at Can't some wait. point later or before this episode. So uh, in the meantime, uh, we appreciate any five-star ratings and reviews, shares, comments. Um, if we don't deserve a five-star rating review, call me, email me, 508-238-5711 or email josh at beawesome.com. Uh, we'd love the opportunity to earn your five-star rating and review, but that is what helps build our uh, audience. Gets our ratings. We're currently in the top 3% of all podcasts. And there's a lot of podcasts out there. So to be in the top 3% is awesome. So until the next time, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great day, everybody. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work just like
1: our mascot rooster see the jerk